Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a focus episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the topics of the day. Well, I'm having a good old fashioned chat with Mark Raffin, and to be honest, we're 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 negotiating our 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 audio right now, so hopefully we can pull this together. The joys of the amazing technology that allows us to do this remotely, but it's not it's not always perfect. So, Mark, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. I am shocked that our audio can't get figured out, but this is technology, man. This is how it works. So it, when it works, it works great. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's your best friend and your worst enemy sometime in the same like five minute, peri- five minute period of time. <laughs> so, hey, we're living in a post-COVID world and we're both, we're both in Calgary. So we're living here. We're both marketers. We decided why not? We never met. Let's be transparent. This is our first date. So we're getting on here. We're going to, you're going to, you're going to get to witness it live. But we decided we want to talk about marketing and what's going on. Like it's a challenge at the best of times and COVID has done nothing but add to that. So kind of Mark, what's been your world here the last four to six months? And, you know, maybe, maybe let's give it, let's give the guests a peek. Who are you? What do you do and in your in your in your with your superman shirt on what, what in what world are you a superhero and uh, let's get into marketing uh, i am a superhero uh, or at <laughs> least i i believe that i am in my dreams i am <laughs> and that's where it all starts my friend right on <laughs> uh yeah i own two businesses one is a company called negotiations ninja which is a negotiation training coaching and content company the sole purpose of uh developing and delivering the best negotiation content in the world Um, And then the other business is a company called Content Callout, which is a content marketing agency um, focused on developing great content for B2B brands. And so the the whole idea behind that company was actually a spinoff of the first company where we developed a a great brand um, that produces amazing content. And then we thought to ourselves, you know, we've done this. I bet we could do it for other people. And so... 10 months ago, 11 months ago, we started this business and I brought on a few friends and so far we've been scaling pretty well. I'm, I'm pretty happy with with the growth and the progress that we've made. It's it's certainly not been without its challenges. It's been, I appreciate the honesty. Some, otherwise otherwise we'd know you were lying. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just I should just bullshit the whole way, right? And just be like it's amazing we're skyrocketing. We've had 10 no 10x hockey sticks. 10x, yeah. yeah. No, it look it, with any entrepreneurial endeavor, you're going to experience bumps in the roads. And some of those bumps are much bigger than others, <laughs> but it's, it's been fun, man. We've, we've learned a lot and, and we've adapted and changed. And we started off um, in one direction that we thought was going to work. It didn't. And we had to pivot. And now we're, we think we're on a direction that is going to make sense. So far, it's generating profitable business, which is fantastic. That, that that's a that's a nice that's, that's a nice, nice side yeah. effect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's been fun. It's been a, it's been good growth, um, and and I'm just super happy to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. By the way. Oh, thanks for reaching. Thanks for reaching out. I love, like, I joke. This is having a podcast is the best business dating tool I've ever oh, experienced in my life. You can meet anybody, talk to everyone, have an intimate conversation, and boom, and then you're like, you've got this relationship going on after kind of a forty minute high intensity conversation. So, hey, let's start at the basics. And I, I never want to make any assumptions. And in our industry, and in any industry, terms get thrown around. So, when you say even content marketing, how would you define that? Oh man. So <laughs> putting you I mean, on the spot early, man. Yeah, wow. Just load the gun. All right. Um, <laughs> so I mean, if you've read any work from Joe Polizzi or anyone that's sort of like grandfathered the the content marketing space, we, we definitely follow that methodology. It's it's about producing content that creates a story for your brand. 
um, and that creates a great call to action. Um, and I, I think that's probably what a lot of people miss about content marketing is they, they think that it's campaign driven, but it's not. It's really about a con continuation of the story of the brand and, and getting people, creating that consistent communication and that consistent connection with the target market. Um, that I like to differentiate really what content marketing is all about. And I like you. I like you word the word use the word campaign. And I think that that in B two B sometimes there's like B two C is very good at like we'll run a campaign and then we'll run another one and fall sales event and you know it's always event driven and oftentimes it's offer driven. Where when you say non campaign, like I hear the word always on, like a good piece of content also isn't just an ad that runs and goes That's away. Right. Like that piece of content can live over an extended Off period of time forever. and. And I find it, you find it today and I find it six months from now, could be equally relevant to me as a, as a consumer or a potential consumer of your brand. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's sort of the goal, right? Like it's to create, not only to, to ensure that you have, you know, good SEO driven content that drives people back to a, a particular page or gets people involved, but to make sure that you are continually communicating with someone that, that may potentially buy your services or may recommend you to someone else. Ultimately, it comes down to, am I going to generate a lead? Am I going to generate a customer, right? That's that's the ultimate goal of marketing. And if, if that's not your focus, if that's not your goal, then um, that's then sort of what's the point? I mean, even branding to a large extent is about mm -hmm. generating leads and generating customers, right? So that's the entire goal of content marketing. Because, for example, we so for Negotiations Ninja, we've had someone that's been listening to our podcast, which has been going on for like, three years since the beginning, since episode one, and just the other day reached out and said, hey, we want you to come in and train our team. And that's that's the power of content marketing. That that's is a, that's, content that's a great marketing. example. Because in a campaign, that would sound like a failure. Oh, we right. ran a campaign and we didn't get leads. What the hell? Bang your hand on the table and like, why didn't, why didn't it work? Right. It definitely takes a much more kind of like finite versus infinite. Like you've got to be thinking a lot, a lot bigger and more relationship and more it's, it's less like as my, my business partner says, it's not putting in a gumball, putting in a quarter and getting a gumball when you, when you crank the wheel, like that's not necessarily how content works <laughs> or the mindset. If you take that to the mindset, you will often be disappointed and disillusioned to almost before you had a chance to let it work as, as a company. Yeah. And I think the, the goal with it is, is about making the customer the hero, right? Like making the customer, the, the focus and, and being sort of the advisor and education provider to that target consumer. If you can become, the, you know, the thought leader within your space, if your brand can become the thought leader within that space, providing advice to the customer when they think about, let's just say you're a plumber, for example, right? When they think about plumbing, the first person they're going to think about is your company because you're providing all of that plumbing advice. And if you're ranked, for example, and ranked well, when they go on to whatever search engine they use, like Bing, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you played into that like eight or 9% that doesn't use Google though. You know, you, you're, that was very inclusive of you, Mark. I like that. Inclusion is very I'm, popular. I'm all right now. about inclusion. <laughs> <laughs> then, then they're going to, you know, they're going to find you in the first 10 pages, right? You're just going to bury everyone else. Um, and if you're just overwhelming search on that, then you're going to win. So 
let's 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 I'm getting into the weeds here because right? we're both now we're speaking you're speaking my world so I'm like I can ask the good hopefully good questions like more detail so when you think about you you marry with different companies you know we'll talk about the fact that a lot of companies can get really easily overwhelmed by the thought of creating content okay. let's even start with the like is there specific formats that you see that are resonating really well out there in the market today versus you know what's going to be right for the company but is you know obviously videos become popular podcasts are becoming it's the thing that's been around forever but people are still discovering them every day there's the the classic newsletter, blog articles, white papers, case studies. Is it a blend of everything or do you see certain trends that are gravitating in, in certain types of content these days or in the next three to six months? Yeah, totally. I, I think if you're forward looking, I think you've got to be in voice. So any kind of audible content, right? Because voice and Think of like if you're if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking about how you access this podcast, it's on Spotify or something, but maybe you have Google Voice or maybe you have Alexa with Amazon. And maybe you just said, Hey Alexa, play Collisions YYC podcast. And now think about that for a second and how that mm -hmm. integrated. And I I think there's gonna be a big movement towards voice. Video is obviously huge. And depending on what platform you're on will depend on how huge it is. It's just getting big on LinkedIn right now. It's been on Facebook and Twitter. Um, sorry, not Twitter, but it's been on Facebook and other platforms for a, a long, long time. TikTok has taken over the world, right? Like you think about the the growth of TikTok in the last six months. What are they? <laughs> the number three social networking platform in the world. No one even knew what they were 10 months ago. So think about the growth of video, but I, yeah, I really think voice and I, I really think like the implication of voice is that you're going to have to really be specific on the long tail of, mm. of voice, right? So for example, if you were, if you were a customer looking for a car and you said, um, Hey, Google, find me a BMW three series with, um, you know, this outlet, <laughs> that was my Google Play. <laughs> that was well done. That was really well done, yeah. by the way. <laughs> that's amazing. Mark, your, your credibility just went through the roof right there. Yeah. This guy okay. is so legit. That's, that's, that, I mean, there you go, right? So if you're a marketer and you're thinking of like, was amazing. like typical like SEO, you would be basing it on, on keyword search terms, right? Yep. But voice is going to change that because now you've got to really get into the long tail. It, you, there's no way you can deal with the volume of that long tail easily. So I think AI and how AI is going to tie into voice is going to be really, really, really important. Well, it's always about communicating in the voice of your customer, like just as an overall concept. But when now when you that's now literal, like, you know, exactly. I don't, I'm not going to like when I type something out of my search engine, I might throw in a few words, just see what happens. But when I'm speaking, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak like I might type. I'm going to be very conversational, which I love the forced, like making technology more human. That's oversimplified, but just listen to you talk. Like it's exactly how someone would be like, "Hey Google, I'm just wondering," and it's going to be this almost rambling thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and how do and how do you play into that versus someone sitting with it with their keyboard thinking about what they're typing? You know, I'm oversimplifying for sure, but that's an interesting concept. And I have seen a lot of brands. Uh, small to medium size, maybe a few bigger brands I've seen are playing around in that, but it definitely feels like there's going to be, there'll be a lot of ramp up time for companies that are, I would say, struggling to even meet today's demands of, of how consumers look for content. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm definitely looking sort of ahead with that kind of example, but if you're thinking sort of more immediate term, um, video and anything audible is, is going to dominate. Uh, definitely 
written content is, is still really important, don't get me wrong, because it provides sort of a, a route back to the, the site, which is fantastic and amazing, and I think it's really critical. But video and voice is, is where it's going to be in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't want to imply that I'm oversimplifying that there is one, like it's about moments. It's about a series of breadcrumbs. It's about a journey your customer's on, like very rare. And I had a a consultant years ago, she used to call it quantum leap creative. That one piece that takes a customer from not knowing you to wanting to buy from you. But she's like, that is so like the coveted mythical unicorn of marketing that it barely, basically doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, when they think about content and and all the different forms, whether it's written and when you think about written, okay, well, what's within written? You can have newsletters, you can have blog posts, you can have articles in websites, you can have articles in magazines, you can have all of the, all the social content that exists on all the different social media, that's all written content. So it's, it's not just about the blog post. It's not just about um, the newsletter. It's, it's what that breaks into and, and how that filters out that through line through that original piece of content and how that all connects together. That's really, I think the most important thing because there needs to be continuity. There needs to be congruency in, in what you're saying. You can't just, you know, have all these different peppered messages all over the place. You've got to have one almost pillar piece of content that drives the original message. And you can spin that out into a multitude of different ways. I do love that. Like, give me one piece of solid content and we can turn that into so many different yes. things. Like once, okay, this is our case study. It's eight pages and it's all accurate and we're hundred percent behind it. Great. Now let's turn that into 20 different pieces of mm-hmm. everything from bite size, 140 characters, right up to whatever the case may be. So when you work with customers, do you, at the initial onset, do you lay it against? Cause obviously content lives at different parts of the funnel and I I'm, under, I'm in the awareness phase versus I'm doing my research and I really want to get down into the details. So before you dive into content with your customers, do you map that out or is it a requirement or is it a nice to have? How do you how do you approach that of like, where's this content going to live and influence the customer? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we definitely take it through the funnel process. And so for the listeners, just so that you're listening, if if we're thinking sort of like top of funnel awareness and driving that down bottom of funnel sort of purchase or lead, um, Dollar it, sign. <laughs> it, it depends. It depends on what the the goal it is that you're trying to create, right? So I think it starts mm-hmm. with the intention, right? What is the goal of this this strategy? Is it awareness? Is it is it to purchase? And then you can create you can create content that spins off the top of awareness funnel down all the way through to the bottom of the funnel to create that almost content funnel itself. But it, it mm-hmm. depends on what it is the goal that you're trying to achieve. And so whenever we deal with a customer, it's always like, okay, what are we trying to do? Because I mean, just putting content out for the sake of content, I mean, is is okay, I guess. I mean, it's going to create a little bit of awareness for you, but unless there's an intention, then, then we can't measure effectiveness, right? We can't measure um, ROI on this unless we have an idea of, of what we're looking at and what the goal is. So it, it's always got to start with the goal first. And then from that goal, then we can sort of build everything off of that. And I think it really forces people to think about what what it is they are or who they are, so to speak. So like starting with when you're thinking of the brand itself, what's our major defining purpose? That Who are we the antithesis of, right? Who do we not want to be? What are the 
major competitive requirements that build into that and how do we competitively separate ourselves from the competition and now how can we prove that out in educational content that the customer cares about not that you care about that the customer cares about so very critical differentiator <laughs> it's so interesting and i you know i run into this so often it's it's so easy to get enamored by a tactic but the questions that you just brought up always have to supersede whatever that yes. new shiny thing is. And so often I'll get in the room and be like, oh, we really want to do this. And you start asking those questions and it's like, oh, ooh, geez, I don't know if we have the right people in the room. And well, I'm not really sure. And well, we've, this is a new thing. And it, that pre-work is so critical. And I'm going to be blunt sometimes. And we'll talk, we'll pick on Calgary a little bit here. This is a Calgary-based show. Calgary companies uh, don't want to do that work. I just want to get to the tactic. I just want to do the thing. I want to put the, I want to put the money in and get the gumball. Yeah. Yeah. And doing that pre-work is so critical because, man, you can burn a lot of time and a lot of resources and ultimately a lot of money if it's not purpose-driven right out of, like, before you even think about the gate, let alone leave the gate. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I want to be an influencer on social media. Great. About what? <laughs> right? Like, what? what is the point of that? Like, it's fantastic. You want to be an influencer. Awesome. We can do that for you. We can make you an influencer. But unless there's a goal to it, if it's for your ego, don't even bother. Don't start, right? Like <laughs> there's no point to that. Like, what are you trying to get out of this? If it's for the ego, then I'm not interested. That's, that's, a, it's a, re, that's a real conversation though, it's for sure. <laughs> it's it like everyone's like, oh, I want to be an oil and gas influencer or I want to be, you know, an energy influencer. I want to be, you know, the head business person in Calgary. And you're like, uh, okay, or, like, what are we doing to back that up? Because if it's just social media posts and there's no actual thought leadership content behind it, it I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a shell, right? You're, you're now becoming a soulless shell and, and it, it's, you look like, you, you look like a poser. You look like a, a fool. Basically, well, and I, you know, and I would support that with the fact that I don't think our bullshit meters have ever been as high and right. as finely tuned exactly. as, they, as they are these days. Exactly. You read something, you're like, that was not even. I'm not. And I, I like you said it earlier, and I love the concept of the hero's journey. The hero in this is your audience, Always. so you will get the right to be an influencer because you gave them value and you elevated them and made them feel smarter, better, faster, whatever it was. And that's not an ego driven play. It actually just doesn't work. It breaks fundamentally. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a book that I'm I'm reading right now called story brand i forget for whatever reason i can't remember the name of the author he's brilliant but um one of the things that he says is you've got to think of yourself as yoda and your your customer as luke skywalker right luke skywalker <laughs> the classic is, hero the classic hero's journey right the luke skywalker is the, is the hero of the story no question um and you are only there to guide them and provide them with wisdom to take them through the process to help them to achieve what you know that they can achieve. Even if they don't know that they can achieve it, you know that they can achieve it. So you've got to make them the hero of the story. And if you come off looking like the hero, you've sort of missed the point, right? It's about them. It's not about you. I like that. I, I like I like that a lot, and it's it's kind of just like you know basic good humanity. But it's you know when you start laying it up against marketing, there is a huge soft side. Like you said, the metrics and it's measurable, but it usually starts from a little bit more of a softer a softer place of yeah. like, well, what's the conceptual side of what we're actually trying to do? Yeah. So before we get too down the philosophical side, <laughs> let's chat a little bit. Obviously, you're ba you're based in Calgary, but you said earlier before we got started that you a majority of your clients are outside of this market, even in the U.S. Yeah. Let's be let's let's meet this thing head on. Are we gonna are we what, gonna lay the hammer down here? 
or what's the story? A, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe a finishing hammer, not the sledge. We'll save that for later. We'll see. Well, you know, I like to ease it in. Uh, we're trying to make them the hero by slapping them around a little bit. When so, what's your experience working in in Calgary? Like, I have found Calgary companies are maybe have been in the past, and things are up for grabs now due to COVID. We all got our world flipped upside down, but maybe a little slower to engage and a little quicker to just do the thing that worked ten years ago. Eight i.e. the billboard or the bus bench think, or the whatever. I think you're 100% correct. Uh, first of all, I think we are definitely behind when it comes to advancing in a lot of marketing technology and a lot advancing in a lot of things that could be doing to, to help a lot of businesses. And I think we've had we can we can blame other people, but we've we've only got ourselves to blame, really. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's the way I see it. We had years upon years of boom, right? Like we were rolling in money and it was amazing. And so as a result, we were like, well, this thing works, let's go for it. Um, and so we got stuck on this whole idea of it's working now, so it'll always work. Um, and the unfortunate side effect of that is like, well, this worked when we were making lots of money, so let's just keep doing that. And it's this whole idea of um, two things. I think confirmation bias is a, is a big thing. And there's this weird, there's this social behavioral theory called the escalation of commitment that basically says, hey, we, we've been doing this thing for a really long time. And every time we continue to make that decision, we are escalating our commitment to that series of decisions. Right, and so it becomes more and more difficult for us to change because we are humans have this ridiculous need to be consistent in in what they're doing, and we continue to make these even in the face of new data, right? Even in the face of something like COVID that changes everything, we continue to make these decisions, and and it becomes this logical or illogical bias that continues to be prevalent. And so now we have this we have this confirmation bias that exists where we say, you know, I believe this thing and now I'm going to go and find the data to support that pre-existing belief. Instead of saying here's the new data, here's the belief that we should have based on the new data. Well, that the scientific method of having an idea and then finding everything you can to disprove it, and only if you can't does it hold together. We all, I, a lot of people joke that that's the way they approach things, but I, I think that is a very you have to choose to do that because the old, what you just talked about is definitely more because our like our our whole personas are at risk and our our sense of self and our ego back back to the ego conversation. When I've been doing something for so long, and you know, I man, we believe our own stories so well. It's like sunk cost or you know, in business, like well, we've invested at this point, so we can't pull out. If it was a bad idea, then is going forward just because you have got to here, is that the right decision? Yeah. And we all do it from time to time. And and it's always, I'll be blunt, it's always easy to see when someone else is doing it. I don't, th I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. And I, I think right, Tyler. Right. Good story. We're all prone to it to a certain extent. Like I, I, I'd be very like arrogant if I stood up here and said, look, I don't do this. Of course I do this, but I think it's really important to, to check your decisions, Right. Like, what do I believe about this? Why do I believe that thing? And what what's led me to believe this? And is that actually true? And as long as you can question your beliefs, which is not easy, it's very humbling, right? As long as you can do that, 
then I, I think that's sort of the starting because awareness is just the starting point. There was a conversation that I had with um, Rashad Tabakawala the other day. He was the former chief growth, growth officer for Publicist Group. Uh, Publicist Group, for the listeners, is one of the top five PR ad agencies in, in the world, right? Very big conglomerate. Um, and he said, everything that we're experiencing right now is habit forming, right? Like habits form over the course of, let's just say, 60 days, right? You want to go to the gym when that habit forms is about 60 days. We are at 100 days right now, maybe a little bit more. By the time that this podcast airs, we may be at 120 days. And so if you think about the, the habit that's being formed in the consumer's mindset over this period of time, if you're not adjusting to the new habits that are being formed, you're going to miss the boat in a big, big way. Like that business plan that you had last year based on last year's fundamentals, burn it immediately. It doesn't <laughs> apply anymore. You've got to start fresh based on what you're seeing in the market today. That's it's so powerful. And and like, I'll be honest for me, that's so exciting. You know, I love the flip over the apple cart and our apple cart has been flipped over. So from your optics, and obviously you started this new business about a year ago. So almost a third of two thirds of your business or almost half have been during COVID yeah. since you've been, since you've been starting. So what have you seen? Have you seen some companies like I'm definitely hearing people we're getting reaching out of like, we don't know what we're going to do, but we know we have to do it different because everything's different. And that's just, that's, I'm like, okay, great. That's a great starting point. Let's have a conversation. Have you been experiencing similar with, with potentials and existing clients? Yeah. I mean, the, I sort of benefit a little bit in that a lot of my the companies that I deal with are tech companies and they're mm -hmm. sort of series A, series B startup round companies. So they're, they're very okay. used to change, like ch changes the world that they live in, right? Every day is different. So it's, it, it's an easier conversation to have. If you're a more well-established company um, that's been around for 50, 60 years, specifically in Calgary, right? I mean, we've got such amazing tenured companies. The, the thought process at the leadership level um, it has been really slow to change. I've got a few companies, for example, that are recruiting-based organizations that mm -hmm. um, come to me for advice. And I'm like, well, you've you got to do this, this, and this. This is where I see the market moving, right? It's, it's no longer a candidate's game. It's now the market's completely changed, um, and, and you've got to start adjusting to that. And they're like, well, what about running an ad in a newspaper? And I'm like, are you serious? Are, are we, really? Is that? Is, are we seriously talking right now? And I'm just like, guys, <laughs> come on, man. I, I, I appreciate your. For those who can't see your facial expression of just like, are you? Have you not been listening to what I've just said for the last twenty minutes? That that yeah, that, those are those are, those are challenging. But that's you know, the, those are the those are the conversations that are absolutely happening around town yeah, for sure. I'm having I them think, as well. I think. For if you're listening to this right now and, and you're and you're in marketing, which most probably you are, if you're listening to Tyler's podcast, you're probably at least exposed to marketing. Um, I would suggest to you that just just check your mindset, check check your habits, check your mindset to make sure that you're making decisions that are actually in the best interest of the of the company that you're working in, and not just to use up the budget, right? So. You, you get given a certain amount of budget every year to run whatever campaigns or whatever it is that you're doing. Be, be very cautious that what you're spending money on is actually going to get ROI based on today's market not and tomorrow's market, not like yesterday's market because that doesn't apply anymore. 
be, just be very thoughtful about where you're spending your money and how you're spending your money. Well, it's, it's solid advice. And I'll and even like to layer it up a couple notches higher, even to the C-suite and some of the decision makers that also, you've got to give your teams, you've got to give your decision makers at the marketing level, whether it's, whether it's a lonely coordinator trying to find a way forward, also give them a chance to try some new things because there is a lot of comfort in doing what we did yesterday. And it's almost more comfortable than the uncomfort I'm going to get when it doesn't work. Right. Like it's it's a weird kind of paradigm. Well, we've done it before, and can we just you know we've had a couple like one of our largest clients, which I won't I won't get into the details. Their cost savings was let's just rerun everything we did last year with just slightly different creative, and we're like, but that was you know at the C suite that was a decision, a top down decision of like you know how we save money just reuse last year's creative. That's all we that's all we need. Just repeat everything. Sales driven organization, units sold is their bread and butter. You know, and it was I was like. At that point, though, you're trying to, as a partner, have these conversations when they're not interested in having a marketing conversation. At that point, they're just having a budget conversation. Yeah, and they're having a ri- what they perceive as a mitigating a risk conversation by actually creating more risk in your potential lack of results at the end of it. But at the you know spreadsheet and moving columns around, that's not what we're thinking about. We're just looking to save numbers. And that's been a, one of the negative side effects that I've experienced with COVID with some of our larger clients where there's a little more fear and a little more retraction, where some smaller clients are like, well, we have no choice. We have to do it differently. And that creates a whole different window. Yeah. And I think there's there's huge value right now in, in bringing people in-house onto your team that understand the way that technology is moving as well. Um, so don't don't also just get stuck in sort of like look you've got a great MBA from a great school in some sort of marketing whatever like but honestly that really means sweet shittle today. <laughs> we just had a bunch of users who had just paid like eighty thousand dollars for their MBA drop off. <laughs> but it's reality. Know, that's we'll talk. We'll save MBA for another. That's another episode unto itself. We can have a whole panel discussion saying that. That could be a heated panel discussion, actually. We'll save that one for now. Um, but you need to get someone on your team who understands the way that technology and 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 marketing is is moving. I mean, if you don't understand, um, you know, RPA and 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 AI, I, I just I just don't even know how you're gonna progress. Especially even like social platforms. When we think about the the speed at which social platforms, LinkedIn, for example, just in the last eight nine months, LinkedIn's algorithm has changed to the point where, you know, we're seeing drop offs in different types of content. And unless you're keeping track of of the way that content trends on all of these different platforms and and ads trend and how the copy trends, you're you're never going to be competitive. So having someone who you can call and trust to say, hey, how do I do this? How do we change this? We've noticed the metrics have been changing over the last three months to X, Y, and Z. Um, we've seen engagement drop off or we've seen um, you know, click-through drop off. How do we deal with that? Having someone who can give you an honest answer to say, hey, Let's try this or let's try that because all it is is really experimentation. We think that it's going to do this. We think that it's going to do that. No one has has visibility into how the algorithms actually built unless you're on the inside of those organizations. So you're making your best guess. If anyone tells you we know exactly how the algorithm works, run the other direction because they have no idea. They can make good guesses. They can they can probably predict the way that the market is moving and the way that they want to engage in content, but it's, it's never going to be a bang on experience. And, and I think that 
to me, there's a lot to be said in that statement, which I completely agree with what you said. But if you look at Calgary, we've been, this is a city that's been built on engineers and accountants. Oh, big time. There, there isn't a kind of sort of let's test it and let's put in this new, let's build this gas plant and just, well, we're, these are, we'll just test it. Hopefully it works out. Like that is such a foreign concept in that world, rightfully so, right. because of the, you know, the, the hundreds of millions of dollars they've been spending and also the lives they're at stake. I've also had people say, Hey, Tyler, it's marketing. No one dies in your world. <laughs> it might feel like death when you make a typo and somebody finds it, you know, those things can be very traumatic, but, but we're not spending hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, accidentally to test and learn. So I think it also requires a bit of a different mindset and being okay with the test and learn. Like that scenario you just put forward sounded very natural, but could be feel really painful for some buddies of mine that are engineers. They would be like, what is wrong? Like, what is your industry? I can't even deal with you guys. Yeah, at, That plays a factor. Unless, <laughs> unless you're experimenting and unless you're giving yourself room to experiment and, and incubate ideas, you're, you're just not going to there's going to be no innovation, right? You're not going to be innovative enough in, in the marketing world to be able to keep up with what's going on. And, and I think that that's very much like an a entrepreneurship sort of mentality. You see this a lot in, in tech entrepreneurs where they're, you know, they start off with one thing and they start off in one direction and then they realize, you know, three months later, that was a really bad decision. We've got to change this. And then they move in a completely different direction. And you're like, whoa, the speed at which you just changed immediately was insane. And and how you were able to just pick up all the pieces and go, that's that's the speed that we've got to get used to in Calgary to, to just maintain relevance, right? Otherwise, otherwise we're going to just drift away into irrelevance and, and that sucks. Like, let's not do that. So I, I think the speed of decision-making <laughs> has got to change a lot too. And are you, is that happening? Like, you know, getting back to the overall that this is fundamentally about economic transformation. No. Yeah. Well, then certainly it's all about who you hang out with too. Like hearing who you work with, tech startup, series A, series B, like, you know, it becomes just, that's the way that they do things, even though it's still impressive, like to pivot that quickly. I know even my staff sometimes were like, oh, we're going to try something different. Like, well, what happened to the old way? Well, it didn't really work out, but there's this weird, something's wrong because we didn't stick with it, yeah. even though it didn't work. Like to you said there, as, as the psychology of that is still feels unevolved sometimes. Like we still value consistency more than we value innovation, which is like, that seems weird to even say that aloud. Yeah. And, and I think you're absolutely right because we're just like, we're, we value structure, right? We value structure. We value repetition. These are things that we get used to. And it's not like no one's blaming you for, for not being able to change, but, or, or being slow to change, but and it's and it's okay. And this is what I said to someone the other day. It's it's okay to be ignorant, right? It's it's okay if you don't know. But what's not okay is if you find out that you don't know, it's not seeking help, right? That's not okay because yes. now you're willfully ignorant, and you're just not making the change because you don't want to. Because what you're afraid or you don't know. And people think of risk in such a strange way to me, where they're like, "Oh, it's risky. We shouldn't do that." Well, that's that's a dumb statement. Like, there's there's risk there's risk <laughs> at me crossing the road, but I'm like I'm still like risk represents two things, right? There's the probability that the risk is going to occur, and then the severity of the risk if the risk occurs. So, you, yes, there's there's risk to everything, but what's the probability of occurring, and what's the severity if it mm -hmm. does occur? The severity in in the marketing space is. Unless you're doing some massive brand change that that could potentially damage the brand, there's very little risk, 
right? And so, especially when you compare it to like Calgary and you think of like, you know, these oil and gas ponds that are going up or a refinery that's going up, the, the risk in that going wrong, big, right? Severity is huge if that goes wrong. In a marketing campaign, it's like, well, it didn't work. Like, let's try something else. So you're, I, I just don't understand like how how people think about risk in such strange terms. It's just, it's just weird to me. Don't cross the street. What? That's dumb. Yes. <laughs> Until you stand on the side of a street corner in Vietnam and I'm not quite sure you're going to go across and you, and you watch a six-year-old just walk right through traffic and I'm like, huh. Okay, this isn't apparently as as like de- death isn't imminent is what I thought when I was standing. That's sorry, just that's, that's the picture I I had of I'm wading out into this world and I'm like there's a thousand scooters coming at me. Like we I backpacked through Vietnam many years ago and just crossing the street with all those thousands of scooters that are going past you, it, it felt like I was taking my life into my hands and I was going to die. Um, but so maybe that's why the first time you step off that curb, it's, 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 it's real. These executives are thinking about it where they're like, they feel like they're taking their lives into their hands and they, they think it's going to die. Maybe it's because you and I live in this world every day that we just view risk a different way, I guess. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I still, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not excusing myself from some of these binaries of like, listen, do you talk? I'm like, how, where, where's that still playing a role in my life? Cause I know it is, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the ever learning. And I know we went quickly from content marketing to the philosophy behind it. But really what I'm hearing is like, if you're going to do things differently in your organization, let's talk about what may be holding you back. Let's talk about, because ultimately this is a bunch of humans having a messy interaction at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I I really do, do think it comes just down to making sure your thought process is is progressive and not stuck in some old way of thinking. I really do. Mm-hmm. I do, and I do thank COVID yeah. for that because I I don't I don't have to have that conversation the same way I used to. COVID kind of quote unquote did it for me a little bit, like making that you know thinking about the sales and you talk in, they're like, well, we used to do it this way, but you know, COVID. I'm like, yes, I do. Let's talk about the future. And it is, there is a, you know, it's my, one of my favorite memes. I keep mentioning the who's responsible for digital transformation at your company, CTO, CMO, COVID-19, like circled number D. And that is, I would say to find a silver lining, I do appreciate the quote unquote forced change we've all been thrust into in the last, like you said, habit building, 100 days, 120 yeah, days. Big time. I, I, I really hope that people listen to this show and go, okay, like the thing that I got out of this is like, okay, I need to, rethink how I'm approaching business as usual because it's not business as usual anymore. And, you know, you said something very bad, like it's okay to not have the answers, reach out. There's amazing resources out there. There's amazing thought leaders online, people that are sharing all this content. Like we are just, we've never, we've lived in the, we are in the golden age of information. Like there's so much out there and, and you got to vet through it. And it's just another thing on your list when you're in a leadership position and you've got a lot, a lot on the go. But like you said, you, you know, it's kind of going where the puck is going to be kind of, you know, the Wayne Gretzky quote, thinking about technology and the role that plays, like it, the, the, the pace of change is only accelerating. Like it's going to feel slow now compared to how it's going to feel six or eight months. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, no question. I mean, especially considering like the projected economic collapse. I mean, we feel like we're experiencing that now in Calgary, right? And I get it. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of people going through a lot of pain right now. I don't want to discount that, that your pain is real. Um, it, it obviously is. But the like trillions of dollars that are being pumped into both, you know, the United States and Canada right now from a monetary system perspective, like they can't last forever. So when you think about how that's affecting the marketplace and you think about how it's propping up 
the literal market, how how is that going to affect things? How are you going to maintain not survival, but relevancy and survival during that collapse? Um, and I think that's a that look. I'm not an economist, so I, I'm not going to say that I understand everything about it. But just when I look at the numbers, I'm just like, okay, well, this is obviously going to not be a long term thing, and it's going to all come crashing down. No, I, I like. It, it, I don't. I don't know the answers either. But you look at it, and you're like, there's no way this is sustainable. Like, there's no way this can continue. And like, oh yeah, it's bad, but it's kind of. Uh, and I would argue, like, I fully support what you said. I don't want to minimize or sound like I'm playing down anyone's hardships. But this could be good right now. Like, this could be like we could look back and go, oh, remember back in July when it was great. When things were still good times, we thought they were bad, but yeah. they weren't. I don't. I'm not a doom and gloomer, but I definitely I have some real fears in the future. And when it comes down to back circ- circling back around to the start of our conversation, as an organization being seen as a thought leader, being like people will still continue to need services nice. and products, but they're but the competitive set, like the reality of who's going to be fighting for those dollars, the more you can be recognized and you know it's kind of like when's the best time to plant a tree? Like 20 years ago, if not then, well then yeah. today. I think that's the way I think of content and getting your brand out there from the perspective of it's not just put the dollar in and run a campaign. It's creating a long-term presence in the market that when things are challenging and people only have a dollar, they're going to choose you to exactly. spend it. Yeah, 100% correct. I, I think you've really got to focus on what's going to start differentiating you now. Um, there's a, a book that I read like years and years and years and years ago, but I think it's so relevant to today. Um, I think Ken Blanchard wrote it. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's it's, it's a classic. It's a, I think when I got into, I think when everyone gets into business, they either get that or yeah, they should get I, it. But yeah, good, good reference. Of these two mice um, in a maze, and one day the cheese goes missing, and they stick around for a little while. But the one mice mouse decides, "Hey, I'm going to go and look for the cheese." And the other mouse is like, "No, no, the cheese has always come here. Like it's always come back to this spot. I'm going to stay here. You're an idiot. You go look for the cheese. I'm staying here because the cheese is going to come back." And um, look, the cheese isn't coming back. You got to go look for it. So, Hope isn't a strategy, yeah. right there. <laughs> so, I, I would suggest to you if if you haven't read that book, that sort of like a very high level synopsis of the book. But um, go go look for the cheese, right? Don't just get stuck in your old way of thinking. That's a great. That's a great reference. I haven't seen or read that book for fifteen or twenty years, but immediately you're I, like, it's one of those you can read it in a couple hours too. So don't if you if you consider yourself not a reader, do, that's not the book to shy away from. It's like an hour and a coffee, and you and you've got it. And it's the it's the it's that one of those theories that you're like, it's so basic, but yet so so holds true. And I think now, as the world accelerates and like someone moved our cheese in Calgary. They moved it about five years ago. And I don't, I don't see that cheese coming back. Like maybe, maybe bits of cheese or different types of cheese, but that big block that we used to have is not coming back the way it was. And I've talked to a lot of smarter people than me that play in the energy space. And they're like, there'll be some good times ahead, but they'll never be what, what they right. were. The, the, you know, the good, the good old, the quote unquote good right. old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mark, I appreciate your insights. And I think, you know, yeah, I know you and I see, I feel like we might have to have a part two because I feel like, okay, I want to go into, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about paid versus, you know, paid, owned, and earned. But let's maybe save it for a part two. What's uh, fully supported in a. That's it. That would be an interesting one. I'm going to do a little bit of my research because I know I'll get some hate mail off that one. (laughs) Yeah. Why MPAs are bullshit and why one says yes, one says no. Well, man, we would attract attention there. (laughs) Yes. We need a three-letter. Yeah, we need a three-letter acronym to go with MBA. Your MBA is uh, 
Yeah. Jump, yeah, anyways, uh, jump, jumping down to headlines. I'm jumping to headlines already. Write a good headline and then try to live up to it. Um, Mark, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? They want to learn more, have a chat, negotiations, your new company. What's the yeah, what's the what's the best you vehicle for that opportunity? Um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on uh, www.contentcallout.com, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active on all social media, so just look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Mark Raffan, R A F F A N. Excellent, Mark. I really, I really enjoyed our chat. It was. I say this is a successful first date. I see a second. I see a well, second I date in like our future. We just clicked. You know. You know what? It's magical. Two, two guys that I think talk for talk for a living. It, it's it's just a matter of time before we have a conversation like yeah. this. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, have man. a great day.